We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday, P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in to the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the uh london edition of the pack a day podcast i guess i don't know i'm dusty evely one of the co-hosts today along with my two very good friends or acquaintances at the very least. I want Mr. Steve Farhatch and Sarah Kelleher. Uh, we'll start with Sarah. Sarah, how are you? 
Well, I'm a little nervous because we've been preparing for this and it's been absolutely off the rails. <laughs> and it seems like that energy is just flowing into this intro. Again, another time I wish people could see our faces because Steve and Dusty have been trying not to laugh for the last, I don't know, 39 seconds we've been recording. Um, but I, I'm doing well. I'm, um, you know, I've, I'm very lucky and fortunate um, to have made it through the hurricane with very little issues. So I'm feeling very lucky. I know we were talking about that last week. I'm just heartbroken for other people around the state and other areas that are really suffering right now. And, um, but all we can do is try to support people how we can be there for each other. And, um, you know, if you're one of those people, you know, or know someone like, please just by all means, if you know how we can help in any way, let us know. But other than that, Packers won. It was ugly, but it was a win. So feel good about that. And yeah, London this weekend. Why not? Let's do it. Why not? That's the attitude. Why not? London. Why not? I think that's that's the motto for this week. Steve, how are you, man? Uh, you know, outside of just finding out I'm one of your acquaintances now, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this weekend. Like, I'm you know, talking beforehand, we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out what food I want to have for watching football literally all day now, where it's going to be Packers game right away in the morning, noon games, three o'clock games, Sunday night football, man. Like that's going to be a day of relaxing. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, but yeah, Packers are three and one, man. This is, this is good times. We did not, uh, I don't think anybody fully anticipated they'd be, you know, they're scraping by, but they're still pulling wins out of their butts. And that's a good thing, especially this early on in the season when we don't really know what the identity of the team is. And hopefully that uh, things are going to keep getting better for them. So I'm excited. I'm excited to do the show with you guys tonight. So let's get it cracking, man. Yeah, I think general consensus was that they'd likely be two and two at this point. Like I said, three and one, while they haven't really looked pretty. Listen, if you're still having issues and you're figuring stuff out, but you're still banking wins. There's no reason to apologize for that. So their signs are getting better. I'm excited about it. Let's talk about it. Now, before we get to the game, uh, we will just talk a couple news and notes from today. So the Packers, as as we pretty much do every single week, say, hey, they made a signing. And again, maybe he'll be gone by this time next week. We don't know, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Packers signed uh, linebacker Eric Wilson off the Saints practice squad. He was, and this was the, the this was a corresponding move to Caleb Jones going on the uh, non-football injury list last Saturday, so they did not have to make any additional moves to bring him on. Six foot one, 230-pound linebacker, undrafted free agent from Cincinnati in 2017. Over a 1,000 regular season snaps, most of them with Minnesota uh, back in 2020, I believe. Mostly seems like a special teams guy, although he has had, uh, I mean, throughout his career, it was about 78 regular season games, 278 tackles, eight sacks. Looks like he has a little bit of burst off the edge. If they want to play him in some of those packages and see if he can do anything off the edge, I wouldn't be shocked. And he kind of comes into the room uh, as the fourth linebacker now with uh, Devonder Campbell, Quay Walker, and Isaiah McDuffie as the four on the um, – on the active 53. So Steve inside linebacker, man, um, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Is this seeming like anything more than a special teams guy to you? I mean, I think you kind of described it pretty well. They'll, they'll put them in to start with special teams and be my guest, kind of incorporate them if they catch lightning in a bottle and see some things they like from them. I mean, I saw some highlight packages and yeah, I mean, you can cut together highlight packages from a lot of guys, but it was plays in the NFL and he was making some mm-hmm. good plays, picks, uh, sack, uh, you know, uh, tackle for loss. So, I mean, 
yeah, if he still got that twitch in there, yeah, I, I don't mind an extra inside linebacker. Um, not a bad thing, but I mean, with Quay and Devondre, like, yeah, playing time's gonna be limited, but who knows? Maybe they'll do a little more action with Quay on the outside, put this kid in there and see what happens. But yeah, another athletic guy on the defense is not a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next thing really, and I think this is really cupped up. I mean, uh, we were, we were kind of talking a little bit last week, uh, and then it became a little evident this past weekend and it's been making the rounds a little bit. I know the floor touched on it. I think yesterday, at least a couple days ago, uh, some thoughts about Nyman playing right tackle. Elton Jenkins, we were all excited for Elton Jenkins to come back. Whether he came back a little too early or is just feeling his way out at right tackle, the results so far this season have not been pretty. So LaFleur has talked about, can't remember who asked the question, uh, LaFleur has said something to the effect of they're considering playing Yash Nyman at right tackle. Um, obviously, he's he's only, even in practice reps, has basically only taken reps at left tackle. And I think last week we talked about um, – he had played right tackle some in college, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Sarah, what are your thoughts on, especially after seeing some of some of what uh, Elton Jenkins did last week in terms of, I think the line overall held up pretty well. Elton had some rough moments. Um, what are your thoughts on on potentially Nyman at right tackle? Yeah, I think it can't hurt to try it um, and and see what happens. Like you said, you no know, with Jenkins, it's I don't think it's been picture perfect or as pretty as anyone would have hoped. Um, but, you know, why not put him in there for a few series and, and see how he holds up, see how it goes. You know, are they able to still be a cohesive unit? Um, and, you know, I'm all for that. I think, you know, what the Packers have a stretch here where they're playing Giants, Jets, and a couple of weaker teams where maybe that they can experiment that with a little bit. And as they get into the second half of their season, then say, okay, this is, this is our starting line. We feel really good about these guys. With Jenkins, the, you know, the only kind of, hesitation I have about taking him out there is that we just know that he's a guy that Rodgers really trusts and that he wants on the line. You know, he's talked about it repeatedly ever since he came back that he feels better when Jenkins is there, when Bakhtiari is there, because it's guys that he's run a lot of reps with that know him well, that are comfortable. So that might be the only, you know, pro to right now to keeping him there. But I think why not? Um, why not move some guys around the next couple of weeks? Um, well, you know, it seems like the Packers should win and um, then feel good about what you have moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of doubt. I mean, my, my gut feeling is saying that Nyman is likely not going to be starting over there in England, but uh, it is certainly something to monitor going forward. And it sounds like it's something on their radar and something that I think about as well. So uh, before we get to uh, to the Packers game uh, for the game, the Packers Giants game. Uh, we will talk some Pat McAfee. Rogers, as he does every Tuesday, goes on Pat McAfee. Uh, sounds like Sarah this week mercifully shorter than I have been the past couple weeks. I know some some football stuff. Talked a little about Dobbs. Talked a little Watson. So I know you listened to it. Uh, you kind of you watched him on there. What uh, what, what do you got from uh, Rogers on McAfee today? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, a tiger watch, as, as we do every week. He's wearing a Man City shirt, which, hey, I get, Rogers, because you're, you're you know, you're going over across the pond to, to play this weekend. But you can't wear a Man City shirt when you're playing in the Tottenham Spurs Stadium. That's that's just bad, and it's just disrespectful. So come on, Aaron Rodgers. You can do better than that. Um, but, no, he had, you know, he's wearing the Man City shirt, and he talked a little bit about how – you know, they weren't originally his team, but then the lot, like a few years ago, he started following the team a bit more. And then Man City started sending him a bunch of merch. So he's like, okay, I guess this is my team now. Um, so, you know, wouldn't that be nice to just get free merch from, from Man City? But anyways, you know, he, he shared that they're leaving for London Thursday. So a little later in the week than 
some teams have. And, you know, I saw people were chattering about that on Twitter. Um, so he said they'll leave Thursday night, they'll land Friday morning, they'll go through a normal Friday and try to stay up as long as possible that day to, you know, just quickly to the time change. And then, you know, they'll play Sunday. Um, but he said he talked a lot about how he's just excited to see the Green Bay fans um, from that side of the world that he knows have been dying to go see the Packers play for years. And now they finally have an opportunity to do so. And that he's just really excited. You know, he, he was talking about just the culture for sports and obviously football as in soccer is the sport is a home sport there and is much more popular, but just that the passion that, um, European sports fans bring to the table um, is really exciting. And he was, he talked just, like I said, extensively about that with McAfee too. He mentioned, which I totally forgot. So I'll definitely be watching on Friday that the U S women's national team, um, our soccer team is playing a friendly against England at Wembley stadium when they're there. Um, And so he said, you know, that's something that we had kind of been chatting about. Maybe a few of us would go. It would be something to do during the day Friday. We could support the women's team. Um, So I thought that would be really cool if they got to do that. I mean, the the England women's team is also really good. So that would be two of the top nations playing in soccer, and I'm sure it would be a good time. Um, So we'll see if they end up going there. Maybe they'll link up with the Ted Lasso crew, and they'll all have a a good time at the game. Talked about the game this past weekend, Patriots, you know, he said just as he did the week prior, lots of respect for Bill Belichick um, because there was that photo of them, you know, talking after, talking before. More Lazard praise and just how great Alan Lazard is. It was an Alan Lazard love fest. They talked about Cobb and how everyone's feels like Cobb is having a, a youthful resurgence that he's looking like he's in his early twenties, you know, getting some yards after the catch. Um, and he just, you know, mentioned that's why he, he wanted Randall Cobb. That's, you know, he trusts him. He believes in him. Um, and then for the second week in a row, Rogers talked really extensively about Romeo Dobbs and just how he is as a player. He broke down uh, the play that looked like it could have been a touchdown, but wasn't a touchdown because he didn't hold on to it. It was like the Des Bryant play all over again, but with uh, the Packers this time. So he said he looked over at him and he made a check um, on the play and that it wasn't a really easy one, but that thankfully he made the same one to him during a one-on-one drill in training camp. And Roger said, you know, the ability to recall things that happened from practice and Um, in a snap, just be able to execute them in a game is one of the most important qualities in earning his trust, the offense's trust, and then getting the ball thrown your way. Um, And he said that Romeo noticed the change right away, ran the route, obviously, you know, it was very close to being a touchdown. It was a good, it was a good play. Um, So I I thought it was very interesting and intriguing to kind of hear and break that down. Um, And he mentioned that he thinks that both of the rookies, so Watson as well, have the abilities to, as the boys on the Pat McAfee show say, they can be dudes. He said it's a matter of how their confidence progresses. He said with Watson, he just has a special speed and incredible stride length. And he even said that when he looks back on the tape, it reminds him a lot of watching film from when Devontae Adams was a rookie because he, every time he's looking at route running, he's like, he's open. And I could have hit him on that pass and I didn't see him. Um, But he said that 
it just goes to show speed, attention to detail. You know, he said Devontae was a little bit of a cleaner route runner in his rookie year, but that Christian Watson absolutely has the potential to clean some things up. But with his speed and just the skill set that he has, you know, he, he kind of sees some similarities there, which, you know, that's always a great thing to hear, especially from Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it kind of puts it to rest, you know, people saying, oh, he doesn't trust the rookies. Well, he said he thinks both of them can be really great. So definitely just going to have to continue to be growing pains with them. Uh, they talked about the Odell Beckham Jr. tweet. So if you didn't see during the Packers game, um, Odell Beckham Jr., who's obviously rehabbing from a torn ACL in the Super Bowl with the Rams earlier this year, he tweeted something like, AR is so good or too good or something like that. Um, and of course, the, it broke the internet. People were commenting. Somebody commented, well, you would you consider playing? And he basically said, yeah, that would be really cool if I ever got to play with Aaron Rodgers, catch passes from him. So they had to bring it up on the Pat McAfee show. They talked about it a little bit. Rodgers said that they actually are pretty close. They're good friends. They talk often. And that obviously with a player like Odell, you you know, you hope you get an opportunity to play with someone that is as talented as him. So, um, you know, he said, I'm sure he'll have his pick at playoff teams that are looking to add a stud to their roster late in the year. So, you know, again, of course, that's what he's going to say. You know, he's not going to say, no, I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. to to be in my receiver's room. He's not crazy. He's not going to say that. Um, and then Pat McAfee asked him in the most Pat McAfee fashion ever if he, because I think he was a little surprised to hear that they were friends and that they talk as often as they do. So he said, Oh, you and Odell are friends. Are you the type of friends that do plants together? Referring to, you know, Rogers recreational hobbies and activities and, Roger said no, that they have not, but he'd be open to experiencing that in the future. So there you go. Um, Another, uh, one of the last things that they talked about, which I thought was very interesting, was Pat McAfee asked, you know, would somebody, because they were talking about different stadiums and how they have different names now. And um, he said, do you think that the name Lambeau Field would ever change? Like, do you think if some, you know, billionaire came in and said, I'm going to sponsor it, that it would be, you know, Dusty Evely at Lambeau Field, like something like that. And Roger said, you know, I don't know, the team or the league is fueled by money. So if somebody's going to throw a package at the Packers and it's, and it's, you know, large enough that they are willing to change the name, they might. And um, Ty Schmidt, who is a Packers fan that's on the Pat McAfee show, literally looked like he was going to puke. He said, absolutely not. That is not happening. No way. So curious what you guys think about that, if they ever change the name of Lambeau Field, because I agree with Ty. I don't think they should. It's too historic. I mean, what if what if Aaron Rodgers just sends them $10 million every year and it's Aaron Rodgers presents Lambeau Field? I don't know. I no, I don't think, think I don't think they'll ever I don't think they'll ever do it. I yeah. feel like they won't even go away from the the jerseys like the the jerseys yeah. are too much tradition like they will never give up the name Lambeau Field I don't think no I'm yeah I'm in the same boat I, I think unless it's like very dire circumstances like I, I can't imagine that like things are going well I mean it's run the, the league is run by money the Packers are the only team that we see the finances of and they're doing quite well like there's no reason that they that I don't think they feel the need to bring any more in than they're already doing so I I, I have a hard time believing it's going to happen unless they come on very hard times I agree. I think, you know, as long as the Packers keep um, 
keep bringing me to Lambeau Field. If I keep going there for a game every year and go to the Packers Pro Shop, that they'll they'll stay afloat because I spend way too much money every time I go there. Um, and then finally, book three of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club um, for this season is The Art of Contemplation by Richard Rudd. It's a short read. It's only about 100 pages. Uh, the author is actually a dear friend that is from English, or from English, from England. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, is English. And so I read that and I'm just like, no. But anyways, he's a dear friend over from England with Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers said he was excited to pick this book this week because he's actually hoping to see Richard Rudd this weekend when the Packers play there. So the book is simple in nature, but deep in wisdom. So there you go. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Sounds like a, a pretty good McAfee there. Lots of uh, lots of sports talk. And and again, fairly short. So a nice little change up from what we've had uh, over the past couple weeks. I kind of thought at some point he's going to eclipse the hour and a half mark. And it sounds like he did not do that this week. So that's, and that uh, is the day that there will not be a Pat <laughs> So the day when Sarah says, well, in the first 15 minutes, here is what happened. Um, all right. So. As we've mentioned multiple, multiple times, the Packers are going to jolly old England, isn't it? They're going over there this weekend. Um, so it's their first trip to London. This is insane to me. So the NFL has been playing games over there since 07. This is the first time that there have been two teams with a winning record playing against each other. Why? Isn't that insane? Why do people over there still want to watch football? All they've watched is garbage, just terrible garbage games. Um, but this is the first time, the first time Packers are over there, first time in history, two winning teams are facing off against each other. Crazy. Kickoffs at 2.30 local time, which is going to be 8.30 central uh, to Steve's watching football all day. Point. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And uh, the team is going to be Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, Stacey Dales, and Laura Oakman over there. So as we do every week, we are going to be talking about the Packers offense versus the Giants defense. One thing we're looking for, Steve, Sarah just talked for a really long time. We'll start with you. What are you looking for on the Packers offense this week? I would love to see a full game from the Packers offense this week. Uh, that's the thing I'm looking for. Uh, it's, you know, we've, we've talked. It's a work in progress. There's going to be stumbles. I don't want to see a full half of stumbles. Like that was one of the worst halves of offensive football from the Packers I've seen. And I can't remember how long, like almost as bad. Like I feel like even in the, the Vikings game, they were under fire all the time, but man, like this had a different feel to it. Like there was just no functionality whatsoever to this team. And so I'd like to see a little bit more like, yep, yeah, there's going to be times where there's some, some punts. There's going to be times where the offense isn't flowing, but it can't be for two full quarters. Like that just can't happen. If you're playing a really good team, that's just, you're going to be have your doors blown off by that point. So that I would like to see, and then I would still like to see even more Aaron Jones. Like it's it's been very frustrating because I think Dusty you said it before we even started this call. Aaron Jones has been a man on fire. He every time he touches the ball, he does good things, and yet it's like when we argued when he was a rookie. I think is why is Aaron Jones not getting the ball more? Why is he not getting – like he is showing game in and game out that he is capable of being that guy. And I know you got to work A.J. Dillon in in multiple ways. Like that's going to happen. But Aaron Jones deserves to be getting the bulk of the – like the more carries than A.J. Dillon does right now. So those are the two big things that I'm looking for from the Packers this week. Sarah, what are you looking for? Yeah, well, first I'm bummed because I can't watch the game. Um, and I'm very sad about it. I – 
it was, it was quite a journey because I have an orchestra concert this weekend. And usually my concerts are in the afternoon around three or four, which is right in the middle, whether the Packers are playing at one o'clock or four o'clock for me. So I have to miss some portion of it. And they go, oh, well, this concert is going to be at 930 in the morning. And I'm like, great, I'll be back in time for the Packers game in the afternoon and be able to watch football all day. This is this is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted. Thank you, orchestra. And I go to put it in my calendar. And what's on my calendar that morning? Packers in London. So again, just my luck. But I will, we have a break. We have like two mini shows and we have a break. So I will definitely have my phone on my music stand and be checking the score when I can. But yeah, I'm a little bummed that they finally get to play in London and I can't watch it, but that's okay. Um, I will definitely look up the uh, film afterwards and the highlights and see what I can from there. But the one thing I'm hoping to see, since I won't actually be looking for it during the game, is that... Um, the run game just absolutely dominates in this one. Um, you know, Giants have the 15th ranked run defense, or 15th ranked overall defense in the NFL, really middle of the pack, essentially. They're giving up an average of 141 rushing, rushing yards per game, according to ESPN, which is the fourth worst in the league, just ahead of, ready for this lineup, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Raiders. So, not great. Um, so, I wrote in my notes, I'm going to be looking for Aaron M. Effing Jones because he's, as Steve said, he's the best player on this team right now. And the Packers just need to give him the ball. This is a great opportunity. London, I know it's always a little bit wonky. People are tired. Everybody seems a little off. Well, don't worry about it. Just hand the ball off to Aaron Jones and let him do his thing. Um, But this is a game where I'm really hoping they can just establish that and that they can finally go, oh, yeah, everybody is right. Aaron Jones is that guy. And we should just keep handing the ball off to him and balance our offense more. Again, these next few weeks are critical for the Packers to figure out these weird kinks that they're working through and realize who they are because they have so much potential to be a great team this year. But they can't make some of the little mistakes that they've been making. They can't look sluggish, like Steve said, for a whole half on offense. So let's figure it out this week. I hope to see, you know, when I check my phone after my first performance, I hope Aaron Jones has like 150 rushing yards. I hope he's just ran like he's never ran before. Um, And that's what I'm going to be looking for this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking a surprise, surprise past game. Um, so a couple of different things I'm looking at. So across the league, this has been a big thing this year. So scoring is down across the league this year, and it's down by I think five, average of five points a uh, team. So across the league, and and that is due to basically a rise once again. We talked last year about the rise of quarters defense. Cover two is is back in. It's basically like the mid nineties or late eighties, mid nineties all over again. Teams just putting an umbrella over teams and just saying, all right, you got to you got to throw underneath. You got to work your way down the field to beat us, and so big plays are hard to come by. The Giants. Not one of those teams. The Giants are second in the league at at cover one. Man-free coverage. Just put the one safety up top. Play man coverage across the board. They are second in the league. They're, uh, 34.9% of defensive snaps are, are cover one. Uh, that's second only to the Bears, 35.3. Funny enough, the Patriots are third uh, with 34, 34%. So that's good because it gives us kind of how do, how the Packers attack last week and how do you carry over that this week. What the Packers did this past week, and we saw some miscommunication here, so that's the, one of the big things I'm looking for. 
these slot fades that they do. They had a ton of them with Devonte over the past few years. Those kind of are out with a two high, but with with one high, it's good because that safety stuck in the middle of the field, and you're just kind of running away from them. So you get those shots kind of starting from the slot, fade out to the sideline. They had three of them incomplete this past week, uh, but they've also they also hit uh, a shot off of that as well. So looking to see if they can do that because this is one of the few teams that's going to give you that. And then the other big thing with this team. Defensive coordinator is Wink Martindale. There's one thing Wink Martindale does, and he just blitzes. He just blitzes the hell out of you. Just every single down. He is uh, second in the league. They're second in the league this year. 35.7% of the time of defense, they're blitzing. They're bringing some kind of blitz. The thing is, they're not really very good at it. They're they're like they they only they pressured Fields. So last week they played Justin Fields. They pressured Fields on fifty two point eight percent of his dropbacks, which is high, but it's only because it took Fields like over four seconds to throw the ball because he's just running around like a lunatic half the time. If any team, the other teams, if you're like the average less than two and a half seconds to throw, they're basically getting off clean because the rush is not getting there. Rogers last week I think was first or no was fourth in the league last week. Average time to throw like two point three seconds, and then he's he was averaging eight point eight intended air yards. So basically, he's getting the ball out quick, and he's throwing the he was throwing the ball down the field more than we saw in the first three weeks, partially because that single high coverage you can attack that down the field area a little bit more. So, long story short, and there's one other thing here. Long story short, Giants are going to blitz. And they play single high. I expect Aaron Rodgers to kind of take those that quick drop, that three, five step, hit the top of his drop. Trust those guys are going to win. Even if they don't, we'll probably see some of those incomplete balls. We'll see some balls that look like overthrows. But look for him to take those shots against those blitzes because they're because they're probably not going to hit home, but he's still probably going to have to get the ball out quickly. And unfortunately, what that likely means is if you were showing that many guys and Wink Martindale, like he doesn't disguise a whole lot. He just shows seven guys at the guy at the line. And then he will bring seven guys at the line. So you got to protect for that. That likely means Aaron Jones may be running a few less routes than he has in the past. Still probably heavily featured in the run game, but I imagine him and Tunyon are back a little bit more in protection. And we're seeing a little more like three, four man routes to support some of these like five man concepts they've been running. So that's what I'm looking for. Heavy blitz, but single high. Look for Rodgers to get the ball out quickly and attacking down the field, much in the same way he did this past week. And hopefully, cross your fingers that they're on the same page with the with the receivers this week and uh, and they connect on some of those shots a little bit more. So that's what um, we're looking for. By the way, Wink Martindale, like, did mm-hmm. he host game shows in the 70s before? Because, oh, my God, that's like the most amazing name ever. I think he really wanted to. His name is Don Martindale, but he goes by Wink. He wears a um, he wears a it's a Bill Belichick it's it's a Bill Belichick style cutoff hoodie, except he wears a, a long sleeve shirt underneath the hoodie. It's it's a great look. It's a, he'd been with the Ravens the past three or four years, I think. Yeah, he's listen. I I love I love this. I'm just gonna blitz regardless. And great name. I can say great name. Mm-hmm. He's gong show host for a couple years. I'm pretty sure you're right, Steve. (laughs) Uh, All right. All that being said, uh, we've got score predictions. So last week, we all picked Packers. None of us hit it on the head. And that means me and Sarah are currently sitting with three points. Steve, you're sitting at two. Guys, score prediction time. What are we looking for this week? I'll go first uh, because I feel like I've been going last and then, you know, the adjustments that all come off of that. I'm going, I wanted to go Packers. I think, well, you know what? I will go this. I'm going to go Packers 31 17. I think the last three or four times they've played the Giants, they've been over 30. Going over to London, I feel like this is dicey because, and they looked a little rough at times this past week. But given all the stuff I just said about the defense, uh, I think the offense could be in for a big game against them. Uh, and I think they're going to crack that 30 mark for the first time this year. So I'm going to go Packers 31 17. Steve, what do you got? 
similar, they, the the offense I don't believe has cracked thirty yet, so I don't think it's they're getting closer. But I'm going to go twenty eight fourteen Packers. Oh, ours are really close. Mine is twenty seven thirteen Packers. Ooh. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, All right, clearly, so we're, clearly we're really good at predicting scores. So yeah, I mean obviously. <laughs> we, we did we did so we did prop we talked about this. We did prop bets last year. The previous year we did scores every single week. Every single week. None of us hit on the on no, the head never. a single single week. It's it's hard to do. It's hard mm-hmm. to do, or we're bad at it, or both. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so that's what we got. That's what we're looking for. Packers offense versus the Giants defense. As always, we ask for your Twitter questions. And as always, you oblige us by giving us some good ones. Sarah, you got a few pretty good ones this week. Uh, what do you got? Sure. So our first question, my list just went away. There it is, is from Matt Pickett. And he wants to know, two-part question per usual. We're kind of like a quarter of the way through the season. So quick temperature check. What aspect of the Packers are you most excited about? Also, what aspect are you most concerned about? Food, what are your favorite and least favorite British foods? So Steve, why don't you go first? I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice-cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best-tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the sparkling lime liquid death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9 a.m., Seriously, guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, okay, so quarter of the season, you know, we, we've discussed previously with 17 games. That's yeah, we're right there. It's quarter of the season. I mean, I'm. I'm not really shocked. Three and one is a good record to have. And for Aaron Rodgers not being here during the offseason program, still having to work with these rookie wide receivers, trying to figure that out. Sammy Watkins shockingly going on the IR. Um, Nobody's really surprised by that. And the defense, for the most part, showing up. Like special teams has been improved, which is a great thing. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I expected. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think it's a, the the offense is going to continue to improve and week by week basis, not huge things, but I mean, they feel like they're getting better and better. And then um, I'm really excited about the rookie wide receivers. I think that's going to be something to watch and continue to grow because clearly Rogers is starting to trust them already. And it's week. That's been four weeks. That's not anything we've ever seen from him ever. So four weeks in, he's already chucking balls to those guys. So that's really cool. And Romeo is doing some good, good stuff, which is exciting, exciting to see. Uh, what what aspect concerns me the most? I mean, we talked special team stuff earlier. Like Amari Rogers isn't great. And you're, I feel like we're all kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like they're doing good stuff. And it's like, okay, when when's it? When am I going to get kicked in the nuts? It's going to happen at some point. Lucy's going to pull the football from me. It's going to happen. So I think that's why I baited breath a little bit for that. Uh, and then what is your favorite and least favorite British food? Uh, bangers and mash, man. That's a, that's a good one. That's uh, I, I spent a, a week in London, and that was probably one of my favorites. And then least favorite? I don't know if I have one. I don't know if I have anything that in my mind. I'll, I'll think about it a little bit more, but no, nothing really sticks out in my mind that uh, that I had over there that was like awful. So let me let me percolate a little. Yeah, and for me, I think what I'm most excited about is is some of the stuff the offense has been doing. Um, the the run game has been a little more varied. I talked about that I think last week. Uh, some more some more power stuff pulling those guards. They did I think a two percent clip. Uh, last week and 25% of the runs this, this year have been doing that. So kind of get those athletic guys that they have on the line out in space and pulling those guys and attacking a specific area. It's an area that I kind of thought we were going to see uh, again last year, and they've really been leaning to it this year. And I think they've been doing very well with it. That ties into then some more vertical pushing RPOs because you're keeping the, um, keeping the line horizontal. You're keeping them on that plane a little bit longer. And so you can push the ball a little bit more. They did a little bit more of that in week three, not so much in week four. But I think what I've seen so far this year, it's been a little bit of experimentation on that side. It's, it's you know, they've got the run game going. They're trying some different stuff with the passing game. They're trying the, that different stuff with the running game. They're pushing that RPO game a little bit more. It's been it's been really exciting. It feels like every week they're maybe they're, they're trying out something else. They still haven't got to some of their core concepts, their core passing concepts that they really leaned into last year. So I know that's 
some of that stuff's timing. So some of that is right around the corner, but it feels like they're kind of work. They're trying to work out the kinks of some of this new stuff and some of the, the little more basic or even some of the ISO stuff that they're looking for on the outside. And before they get back into some of their core offense, so it's been exciting to see kind of this change. We but all off season. It was, how does this offense look without Devonte? And they've been doing some really fun stuff without Devonte. So that's been exciting. Um, and then what am I concerned about the defensive line, man? Um, you know, coming into the, the season, I, along with a lot of people, thought this was going to be a strength. You know, you hear those hear the reports. You know, obviously, Kenny Clark's a beast. Jaron Reed had, had done some nice things on tape. Uh, Slayton was looking good, uh, you know, looking for that second-year bump. Um, you know, uh, Wyatt, uh, as like a 24-year-old draft pick, you expect good things from him. And that was, man, thinking up front, if they're stout, you can stop the run. You got those two high looks. That helps the linebackers. And they got, I mean, they've they've not been looking good so far. And they got bullied against the Patriots. And if, there's not a lot of teams that are going to be willing to run as much as the Patriots do. But they were just getting just getting abused in a way that I, I did not expect them. I expected, you know, not necessarily dominance, probably some struggles up front, but they've been they've not been nearly as stout and they've been shoved around a little more than I kind of anticipated. So that's something I hope they get fixed. But also if you're just getting bullied, like I don't know, can you fix that? That's that's a kind of a physical thing, and a lot of times that comes down to players. And if those guys aren't doing it now, I don't know if they're going to be doing it in December. So that that's certainly a concern for me that I, that I did not think was going to be a concern. Um, yeah, favorite and least favorite bangers and mash is good fish and chips. I'll go down for some, some good fish and chips. I'm a big fan of, and then at least favorite. Yeah. We were talking about ahead of time and we talked about this, me and Sarah, a couple weeks ago with the, the, we, we created the, uh, Wisconsin version of the English breakfast. Anytime I see a plate, um, and granted this is just, you know, I, I've never been over there. I don't live over there. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a thing. Everyone's got their own regional stuff, but anytime I see a picture of like, Man, I love the of this breakfast, and it's just it's bread and beans. Like I, I can't, man, I, I can't. So that's that. That'd be mine. I'm, I, I think I stole your Sarah's. I apologize, but I couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, you stole my whole answer because I was going to say fish and chips, and then uh, beans on toast. So that's an easy one for me. But there you go, Steve. Now I know what it's like for someone to steal my answer. <laughs> but to be fair, we didn't talk about it beforehand. We talked about that one beforehand, and then you just took it. This one was just kind of like, oh, we happen to have the same answer. Because when we were talking about it, you were like, oh, I have to think about that one for a sec. And I was like, no, it would be beans and toast. And then Dusty was like, oh, yeah, Sarah and I had a whole discussion about this a couple weeks ago. But there was no, there was no fish and chip <laughs> reference, though. No, no, no. no that, oh. was, that was all me. There you go. Well... We can't all be as brave as you, Steve, so I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I accept your apology. I don't care that you're being a sarcastic jackass. I will just take it as an apology. He called you. So he thank, you. thank you. He I appreciate he that. He reserves jackass for me, Sarah. That's good. Good. You got you got one, too. Good for you. I, I finally get to wear the badge of jackass on this show with you. <laughs> so um, anyways, back to Matt's question. Um, about what am I most excited about? Um, we talked about it a little, but I, I really just am liking what I'm seeing from the running back. So obviously Aaron Jones, like we said, man on fire this season, but AJ Dillon is doing some really great stuff too. And it just feels good to say the Packers have two really strong running backs. And I feel good about that. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm excited about, especially as the Packers get deeper in the season, cold weather starts because we know that they're going to lean on that even more. And I can't wait for that to happen. And then, what aspect am I most concerned about? I would agree with both the things you said, um, but I'm just going to go with the lack of, I, I, I hate the saying the word passion, but just this lack of passion sometimes on defense. Um, and it, it's concerning to me. And I'll be broad with it. You know, Dusty, you mentioned the defensive line and other 
areas too that you know just kind of been disappointing but I've just been disappointed as a whole with the defense at times because there's moments where they look so good you're like this is a Super Bowl defense this is a championship defense that they and they will stop everyone and then they do what they did for the game this weekend and they let the Patriots run all over them and it's just what yuck um so I'm just I'm not like super concerned. I'm not, you know, seeing red and a bunch of red flags, but it is just something that I guess makes me sad. But it, I also feel confident that once they get into the rhythm, they'll, they'll figure it out because oof, there are just some moments where I'm like, I, I want to turn this off. I don't like this. I'm not having a good time. This is supposed to be good. Um, so thank you, Matt, for that question. Our next question um, we got via DM from, from Dusty from, at Green Bay Stage Man, and they ask a very simple question. Does DeGuara still exist? Steve, does he? I mean, I feel like we just got to let Dusty go. This feels like a Dusty, like, softball pitch for Dusty, man. Like, you can see it's like, what the what the hell is that? Rookie of the year where he's, like, gripping the bat, like, sawdust coming off like he's ready to go. So I think I'll just let Dusty have this one. Yeah, snaps have been down. Um, he started with like 25% of snaps in week one. He's down to 14, 15% over the past couple of weeks. So he's out there, but not much. He had, um, I, I talked about this, I had the video I did uh, earlier today, yesterday, I don't know, time is a flat circle, about this this really nice concept with him and this this kind of as the up back and an eye formation. And he got loose, he got free, beautiful design, but the, they there was a botch in the, uh, like a botch in the play action. And then the, the Jones didn't go to the flat. So there's nothing kind of holding Judon down in the flat. So I think he would have had a really nice gain on the concept, but there was just, there was miscommunication across the board on that play. So I think he exists He's out there. I think he's been doing nice things uh, when he's been out there. Uh, and I kind of, it's one of those at this point, I feel like I would like to see more of him and less of the pony. I've talked all off season about the pony package. That's the Dylan and Jones together. It's not been working. Um, the the creativity, I feel like they tried a few things uh, this past week, but it just, it has not been there in the way that I kind of hoped it had been there. So I'd, I'd kind of like to see some more stuff to with the Gora. Honestly, I think they drafted him. And then kind of looked for a specific thing on offense and then moved away from that specific thing on offense. They're just, they wanted to use that kind of tweener, that, that kind of fullback tight end hybrid that mainly lined up in the backfield. But then they started going more two tight end sets and more balanced looks with two, two inline tight ends. And DeGuar is a little undersized for that. So I think they kind of changed the way they want to do defense and they couldn't really, or offense and didn't really find a way that worked. But I'd like to see instead of the pony stuff, I'd like to see them lean into more get Jones and DeGuar on the field. I mean, the whole point of the pony package is so you can uh, power run or pass from the same look. And I don't think those two backs together right now are doing well enough to punish teams when they force you to run. But I think DeGuar gives you that element. He's he's dynamic enough receiver and he can line up in the backfield or split out wide and kind of give you some of those benefits that so far they've just not found in Dylan and Jones. So I don't know if they're going to do it, but I would like to see a little more DeGuar, a little less pony. But yeah, I think the main thing is just, I think they kind of, shifted on offense how they want to be after they drafted him and they've just had a hard time finding ways to get him on the field which sucks because i think he's he's a good blocker and he's had issues in the with his hands in the passing game but he's shown enough ability i think to be effective but they just he said they've had a hard time getting him on the field i think it's i think it's more packers offense than than uh than him personally is my my gut feeling watching him steve any additional thoughts to dusty's rant 
Uh, no, my internet actually cut out in the middle of it, so uh, I didn't hear all of that. So I'm just going to say I agree with Dusty. I was wondering because at some point you looked really still, and I'm like, either Steve is really invested in what Dusty is saying, or his no, internet. God, is- no, absolutely of not. He was not. We know he was not. <laughs> No, no, all of a sudden my screen went white and I was like, oh, my internet must be having issues tonight. And I, yeah, completely cut out and then just rejoined and Dusty was still talking. Shocked. I'm, I'm really surprise, shocked. Surprise. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. You guys get along sometimes. Yeah, when you're not on the show, we get along. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're making it seem like it's my fault. We, we've talked about this before when there's only two of us recording. Yeah, exactly. In general. So, no, I agree. Whenever there's only two of us, it's like it's way too cordial. It's way too nice. And even Dusty and I are like, we, we get like, we just, you know, and it's every episode we need one person to pick on. I mean, normally it's you guys picking on me, but whatever. I, I digress. It's okay. And uh, yeah, whenever you're not around, Dusty and I are just all chummy and I don't like it. So it's weird. Alrighty, moving on. <laughs> Our next question is from at Forward Armado. They want to know, is special teams actually better this year or should I mark down a playoff loss due to special teams right now? I had marked it down about this time last season. So I'll go first on this one. Um, yeah, special teams is actually better. Um, you know, Dusty said it before. When was the last time that the Packers had punts that ended up, you know, on the two or one yard line? You know, it's... It's been 84 years since that happened. Um, so they're definitely better. Um, they seem like they j- are just a more cohesive unit. I know everyone has their thoughts about Amari Rogers, but he's even been doing a little bit better. So I don't think you need to pull out the red pen yet and mark them down. But as Steve mentioned earlier, things could also change. You know, people are kind of waiting waiting for something to happen but curious dusty how do you feel about this you agree disagree yeah no i agree i mean i looked up um dvoa numbers don't really um don't really normalize until week six and then even special teams are a little more volatile than others just because there's fewer snaps but uh they're 21st so far this year um as steve pointed out uh before we started recording they're 14th last year so that shows you some of the volatility especially early in the year but listen I mean, with all off season i know the the common refrain and i was saying and i heard a lot of other people saying as well was they don't need to be top 10. They just need to be like 25th. Like they just need to be just not awful. And 21st, 14th, 21st, whichever week you want to do that. Yeah, they've not been an outright disaster. I think they had the one fumble on a punt. Uh, they had the two downed inside the one or at the one. Uh, Amari Rogers has looked, I mean, he's had a couple a couple gaffes. But for the most part, he's looked more comfortable. He's getting north-south. Um, I don't hold my breath when the ball is punted to him. Uh, kickoffs are an issue, but Pat O'Donnell has been good. The um, I've spent, <laughs> spent more time this year looking at uh, punt protection than I ever thought I would be looking at punt protection. And when I'm looking at film, punt protection's been good. I really like, you know, some of those, it's some of those core special teamer guys. You know, um, Rudy Ford's been a tremendous gun flyer apologize almost said gunner flyer um and dallin levitt's been a tremendous personal protector like said jack coco has been perfectly fine as a long snapper like these guys that they kind of brought in specifically for this they've been good they've been good on special teams so yeah i don't think it's going to be a top 10 unit i don't care if it's a top 10 unit they look they look like not an outright disaster and at this point it's too early in the season to say so hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me later I don't see this being the reason their their season ends this year. I think they seem, listen, they seem competent. All I was looking for was competent. Special teams look competent. 
I mean, legitimately, they've jumped from 32nd to 21st right now. That's that's huge. That's unbelievably huge. And then, like you said, last week they were 14th, so it's going to jump up and down. But 14th, 21st, like if they fall right in between, that's an unbelievable win. Going from last to middle of the pack, like that that's an amazing thing. So I'm not worried about them at all. Like I think they are, you know, Basaccia's got them, you know, humming pretty well. And again, like a little bit more time with him during the season, the things that he expects from him, uh, that he expects from them, like they understand the, the special teams players are going to understand it. Uh, so, uh, sorry. The we fence will understand that, uh, a little bit more. And yeah, man, that's like, I'm excited. Like I don't, they no longer have that, you know, offense with a evil dragon head defense with an evil dragon head and special teams with the goofy dragon head. No longer is that the case. Now they're all just kind of like the, the in-between like mean right now, but I mean, they're trending in the right direction. So that's, that's all you can do. And um, I'm excited for that. All righty. And our last question from Brian Hartstad last week, the Packers faced a team with not much of a passing game. The run defense struggled. This week looks like it might be much of the same. So question one, what advice would you give to Joe Barry? Question two, it's apple season in Wisconsin. What is your favorite apple dessert? Dusty. So I don't know if you guys saw any of the Giants game last week. Um, so Daniel Jones went out with a high ankle sprain. Tyrod Taylor came in. Tyrod Taylor got injured almost immediately. Saquon Barkley was running reps at quarterback. At some point, Daniel Jones came back in and was hanging out at a wide receiver like they had him in the game, but was not at quarterback, which absolutely killed me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a concern, I think, for my – it's tough because what I say for Joe Barry would be, listen, man, you don't have to sit in that too high look and spin down. You can commit an extra man to the box like immediately. Like if you – this is something I heard, I think, um, on the Unpack Pod or something, like Justice Mosqueda was talking about it. Listen, if, if you want – if you want to just stack the box and say, if we if we get to the end of this game and we're like, we lost because Daniel Jones threw for 400 yards, so be it. So be it if that happens. But but you know they want to run. Saquon Barkley's looked really good. Just stack the box, dude. Put eight guys in there. Man them up on the outside. Play tight coverage. The Packers are, I think, um, fifth lowest in the league at press coverage this year. We know they got the bodies for it. We'll see if Jair is out there or not. But they've got guys who can play that way. If they beat you in the passing game, they beat you in the passing game. Obviously, you make adjustments in game, but force them to beat you. Commit bodies, camp in that single high. I know there's it's outside the structure of your defense, but structurally, you can still live the way you want to live because you're still spinning a safety down out of those two high looks. Just commit that guy without spinning him. Don't worry about deception. Just say, we don't think you can run on us. And then we don't think you can pass on us. Just force them, force them to beat you with the pass. Um, and just don't let them pick up eight yards at a time because I think everyone's going to lose their mind. That'd be my advice for Joe Barry. Um, favorite apple apple dessert. Um, I go. I grew up. Um, my mom would make apple crisp, and still does. It's still my dad's favorite dessert, and that's so. I've got a lot of feelings about apple crisp, and good apple crisp is real hard to beat. So I'm going to go. We'll go apple crisp with the with the, the you know the crumbly topping and everything. It's just when it's done right, it's just delicious. Um, I'm actually going to quote, uh, a good, a good friend of mine, Dusty Evely, when we were at the bears game together. And when he, he was watching, <laughs> he was watching Mitchell Trubisky and he said, they want him to throw the ball. They want him to throw the ball and they won't do it. So I think that's what the advice I would give to Joe Barry is kind of like Dusty said, is just stack that box, like make Daniel Jones be the guy that beats you. Cause 
most likely that's not going to happen. So, um, you know, put put seven, put eight in the box and see what happens because Saquon Barkley is a dude. He's a dog like uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking about today. And, uh, yeah, you don't want him to be the guy that beat you. You want to make Daniel Jones be the guy that beat you. So, yeah, eight, seven or eight in the box, make that happen. And then Apple season uh, for my birthday, one of my good friends actually gave me a apple bourbon pie, and it was so good. So good. So, yeah, it was like a local uh, bakery down on the south side of Milwaukee. And, yeah, man, I, it was delicious, and I would eat that thing all day. For me, what advice would I give to Joe Barry? It would just be to be more aggressive. At times, I feel like the Packers are just sitting back on defense. I know they're playing zone defense, and I know that – that's their style now, but I'd love to just see a bit them be a bit more aggressive, whether it's wrapping guys up with better tackles or just blitzing a bit more. I just want to see some of that from them. So that would, it would just be plain and simple. My advice, just be aggressive, attack, um, go out there. And I don't want to say play dirty, obviously, but you know, be a little tough, be a little aggressive, have, have some fun with it. That's what, you know, I, I, I don't want to bring this up because I know it's a sour subject with Sedarius Smith, but he was always like that. He he was aggressive. He was going after it, and it was exciting. It was really fun to watch, and it felt like, okay, the Packers have something. And, you know, we even saw moments of it from Devondre Campbell last season too. So I just that would be my advice for Joe Barry right now is just to, to go back to that and play like some tough traditional football. And then for me, my favorite apple dessert, um, if you've ever eaten at Yard House, they have – or they did have at my location. They've now stopped. I think it's still available at others, but I'm just heartbroken that they stopped. But it was a mini peach apple cobbler, and it came with caramel ice cream in it too, and it was amazing. My boyfriend and I would get this every time we went, and then they changed their menu a bit because of COVID, and it hasn't come back. And I, So I haven't had this in you know like two years, and I think about this probably almost every day. Like I had to remember the name of it and I just Googled it now and I saw a picture of it and I felt like I was going to shed a tear because I miss it that much. It is so good. So if this is still on your yard house menu where you live, definitely order it 10 out of 10. That would be my favorite apple related dessert. Alrighty. Well, that wraps it up for questions this week. Thank you as always to everyone who shared their thoughts, concerns, whatever it may be with us. Um, so as always, we'll close with some final thoughts. So Dusty, why don't you go first? What are you working on this week? Yeah, I got my stuff, a couple of videos running around. Um, I've already kind of forgotten what they are, but they're out there. Um, well, actually no, one of them I did today was on the three, uh, kind of three deep incomplete balls by Aaron Rodgers, and kind of why those were incomplete and why those did not look like overthrows, even though on the broadcast, you're like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers missing throws. Seem like more of a timing issue. So I walked through that a little today and I've got a couple others. I got one other one out there and a couple others I'm planning on doing this week. Um, and for my writing, which is the big stuff. So yesterday over in Pack Report, I wrote about uh, Savage blowing up an RPO screen and how the Packers kind of showed them one thing and then Savage just crashed it. Tremendous play by Darnell Savage. I think it was a loss of two on the play. So I wrote up that. Uh, today on Pack Report is the Christian Watson end around touchdown, uh, which was which was a really uh, it was fun to dig into. You know, Christian Watson is is fun and fast, and he had Dobbs on the outside, kind of influencing one guy and blocking another guy to kind of open up the edge. That was a fun one. And then today on She Said TV, I've got kind of um, – I kind of am trying to shift up 
how I write about the passing game over there was just pick out a handful of passing plays. I'm trying to give a little more of an overview up top first. And so kind of uh, here's where Aaron Rodgers targeted. Here's how he looked. Here's how, you know, time to throw kind of all that stuff. So kind of a brief overview of the passing game and dive into four plays. Like there's a the post wheel. I've got the Tunyon touchdown that he, uh, you know, hit up the seam, just a beautiful throw and great route by Tunyon. Uh, the the uh, Dobbs back shoulder throw and the, uh, the Cobb, the big third down conversion, um, I think the first third down conversion on their second drive in overtime, the the game winning drive, and kind of talked about that. So, yeah, some some fun stuff this week. Like I said, some other stuff coming up. I assume I'm going to get into, but uh, it's always funner to write about a win than a loss. But it was uh, kind of a, it was it was a fun week, even though they, they didn't look great overall. I think some interesting things fell out of it, and and some different things to dig into. So it's been a been a good week. Um, well, I just wanted to give a quick shout out because I had somebody um, shoot me a message uh, over last week and just wanted to shout out John Kelly, who actually offered me a ticket to the game uh, on Sunday. I wasn't able oh, to go awesome. um, just because I had my kids that weekend. So, but it was just it was just something that was really cool. Where he just said he you know, last minute had a ticket opened up and wanted to know if I wanted to go and join him for free, and like I was. I was taken aback. Like to me, that's never nothing like that's ever happened to me. So it was really, really cool. So uh, you know, just want to say thanks to John. Um, and again, thank you to everybody for listening. Every I had some people reach out to me as well after sharing a couple of things about myself last week. So uh, appreciate everybody who who listens to this podcast. It was uh, it was really cool. So um, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, Sarah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't really have anything except just, you know, be kind to each other. Like we always say, our, our DMs are always open if you need us. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully seeing the Packers win in London, coming back to the United States with um, a, another win in the win column there. Four and one would be lovely. So thank you, as always, to everyone who listens, whether it's your first time listening to this episode or if you've listened to us for years now. We're always grateful and we're excited that we get to do this with you. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher 4, and of course at Packaday Podcast. And we will see you next week. Go Pack Go! happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.